which ye shall proclaim in their seasons. And then he, he began to list a few of them. Let me just list, look at verse 5. And the fourteenth day of the first month at even is the Lord's Passover. Father, we pray today, Lord, that you'd help us and anoint us and empower us, Lord, to be able to preach the word of God. We stand where nobody can help us but you, and I pray you'd help me to preach and the unsearchable riches of Christ that we might bring glory and honor to your name. You're worthy of praise and worthy of honor. And Lord, I just want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for taking care of us. Thank you, Lord, for encouraging us. I just pray, Lord, that you'll take my words and mold them and fashion them as you see fit to bring glory and honor to your worthy name. We love you, and thank you, Lord, for being the best thing that ever happened to us. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. And uh, I think I got it on, Seth. It just ain't working. And the book of Leviticus in chapter number 23, the Bible says, look with me again in verse number 4, these are the feasts of the Lord, even your holy convocations. When you gather together and worship, he said, which ye shall proclaim in their seasons. And then he started out in verse number five, in the 14th day of the first month at even is the Lord's Passover. So Lord, help me for a little while. I want to preach on our anniversary, our anniversaries in the Bible. All through the Bible, I'll say this, the observing of anniversary dates are in the Bible. Here's what Webster says. He says an anniversary is the annually reoccurring date of a past event. It is the celebration of such a date that reoccurs every single year. And, and we're reading in Leviticus chapter 23, and several of those feasts are listed. There's the Passover feast. Y'all know what the Passover symbolizes? Jesus died at Calvary. And ain't it something? If you get to thinking about that Passover, they wiped it down, and then they wiped it across. Boy, ain't that a picture of Calvary. Amen. And, and there's a certain time of the year, on the 14th day of the first month, every single year, on the anniversary of that date, they were to celebrate it, getting out of Egypt by way of the blood of the Lamb. Every single year, on the anniversary date, they are to remember it. And so those, there's the unleavened bread, there's the first fruits, the feast of weeks, there's uh, the feast of trumpets, the day of atonement, and then the feast of tabernacles. And every single one of them will have a significance pointing to something that Jesus was going to do. And every single year, every year, for the 40 years they wandered in the wilderness, every single year at that time, they were to do it. And then they continued honoring those feasts, even the Jews still do to this day. And so every feast was to be observed on a special day of the year. We have anniversaries too. Me and my wife.
on that anniversary date. We celebrate the, the remembrance of that day. And so you have an anniversary for several reasons. You're remembering your anniversary. You're remembering your birthday. You remember whatever day you retired. Somebody say amen back there, Brother Childs. Hey, man. Uh, amen. Miss Tammy's going to lift her hand. She's celebrating the retirement day. Hey, man. He, he didn't lift his hand because he's still working. But it, when you, se- you celebrate things that you want to remember on the anniversary, every single year, annually, you would celebrate it. So I got to thinking, what does anniversaries, every single time they did the Passover, they're remembering about a lamb dying. They're remembering about blood being shed. They're remembering about coming out of Egypt. Every time they celebrated unleavened bread, they're thinking about them getting that dough and not having time for you put yeast in it and having to carry that out of Egypt. Every time they celebrate first fruits, they didn't even realize what they was doing, but they were celebrating in the spring about first fruits. It was a picture of Christ being the first fruits of the resurrection. And because he got up, thank God we can get up. And we can celebrate every year, amen, that the fact that Jesus got up on resurrection morning, we don't, amen, it's more than about the bunny. Somebody say amen. Amen. Silly rabbit, it's more than the bunny. Amen. And thank God for the time that we celebrate him coming into this world. And thank God for the Feast of Pentecost. All those things were done annually on the anniversary date to remember and point toward what Jesus would do all through the Bible. There are several places we won't look at them, but I I do want to mention just about five things that we do on anniversaries. Every time we celebrate an anniversary, we do it in our in our, our wedding, or we uh, we do it on the anniversary of our wedding, we do it on the anniversary of our birth, we do it on the anniversary of the church. There's some things that go on. The first thing, number one, there's a remembrance of the former days. Do y'all remember the day you got saved? There's an anniversary date till you got, till you got I have two birthdays now. I have one on May the 17th, Hey man, and I have one on the first of May. That's my second birth. Hallelujah. Miss Connie was testifying a while ago. Y'all sung about it this morning. I remember the time. Hey man, I can take you to the place. It ought to be a celebration of the day that you got born again. Every time you have an anniversary, you're thinking about it. They were thinking about it. Every time they did it, an anniversary is pointing towards something that Jesus did, uh, going to do, and something that God did for them in their life. Hey man, and you ought to think back to the day you got saved. There's a remembrance of the former. Do you remember when you got saved? Do you remember that hour that Jesus came to you? Do you remember when you were sinking in sin, had no hope of getting out in your despair on your way to hell, and Jesus come by an old time conviction, brought you to a place of repentance. You didn't know how to pray, didn't know what to say, but somehow or another something got birthed in you. You walked away a new creature. Hey man, that's something to celebrate. Hey man, and on the anniversary of your new birth, there ought to be a remembrance of the former things. Remember that God saved your soul. Then number two, there is a repentance on the anniversary of your failures. Not just a remembrance of the former, there's a repentance of the failures. I get to thinking about on our anniversary things I wish I'd done different. Well, that's the way it was. And look over here with me in 1 John in chapter number 1. Y'all know the verse. Here, let me just quote it to you. 
If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. On the anniversary of the day you got saved, if you ought to thank God for what he did for you. Remember where he brought you out from. Some of you used to, some of you know what I'm talking about. You, you would win nothing for you to be found laying in a ditch in your own vomit. You'd be messed up on Sunday morning, not even knowing what you did on Saturday night. Oh, thank God for the day. Hey man, that you got born again. And you remember where God brought you from. But if you be honest, there's been times in the past that you failed. Ain't you glad God, hey man, will let you go to a place in the same fountain that you got converted. It's the same fountain that you get cleansed. Amen. And if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive. He'd be faithful and just if he didn't forgive you. But he is faithful and just and will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. There's a repentance of the failures. Things you wish you could have done differently. Things you wish you could have done. Not just differently in the action, but differently in your thought. Don't ever get too big to admit and confess your sin and ask God to help you. So every anniversary there was a remembrance of faults. There's a remembrance of failings. And there may be even a remembrance of the time you fell on your face. But thank God you will not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds you with his hand. There's a remembrance of the former things. And then there's a remembrance sometimes of your failures. Ain't you got can't some of you right here every time you have a wedding anniversary don't you remember the time? Some of you can and testify this morning or tonight about times when your marriage was ruined, but God come by and saved your marriage. Hey man, and you're still with the same person that you've been with. I say hallelujah. Old Sean Cumperson texted me this morning, had old Marine, and he said, me and my wife was married almost 25 years before she died. And he said, I've been married to my wife now for seven years. And every time I hear about an anniversary, I think God loves me more than anybody because he didn't, didn't, didn't just give me one godly wife. He gave me two godly wives. I say hallelujah. Hey man, there's a remembrance of the former on anniversary days. There's a remembrance of failures. But then there's a realization of the future. I get to thinking when you, when you have another anniversary, when you have another anniversary at the church, man, you think about what we could do different. How we could evaluate what we've done. How we could be better soul winners. Better door knockers. You get to observe and all that you did. I'll never forget uh, when I when we had our anniversary this morning. I got up this morning. I looked over at my wife. I watched her sleep for just a little bit. And I thought, man, man, God sure has blessed me. Hey, man. I got to thinking about all the years and all the hardships that we have. But through it all, she stuck by my side. And we get to thinking about the church anniversary. And get to thinking about the salvation anniversary. And getting to think about all those times. I, I'll never forget the first time God touched me and filled me with the Holy Ghost. I remember where it was. I was at Welcome Home Baptist Church. Brother Frank and Mr. Tammy was there. I was on the second row. I don't remember how I got over that first row, but from that day on, I ain't been the same since. I can tell you that. Hey man, God changed my life. Thank God for those anniversaries that bring good memories. It's a reminder we don't have to make the same mistakes again. There's former things that we don't have to fail at. But then there's a realization of the future. 
year. Hey man, God help me to be better. I want to do better to next year. I want to be a better husband next year. I want to be a better pastor next year. I want to be a better Christian in the new year coming up from the day I got saved. I want. I don't want to slide backward. I don't want to be less than what I was. I see enough of folks uh, used to beings and has beings and man I used to shout and I used to preach with God on me and I used to feel God uh, when I get up and sing I don't want to be one of them has been churches or has been marriages uh, or has been shouters uh, God's still the same today that he's always been uh, hallelujah let's just keep on getting better let's get our eyes on the future God how would you help me to be a better pastor a better husband. Hey man, love my kids better than I've ever loved them before. I talked to somebody one day and he said, preacher, I love on you, love on your boys. Ask, ask Brother Doug. He tells me every once in a while. He said, man, hug your wife. Don't, 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 don't leave the house without kissing her. I don't, hey man, because there may be a day you won't get a chance to. Oh God, help us. I believe that's one reason the Bible says don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You don't know. You could die in the middle of the night. I've got a friend of mine or Michelle was telling me about somebody up there that she works with and uh, they just went off as a couple and uh, he didn't bring his breathing machine didn't think he had to have it and uh, he died that night brother Scott he had no idea he was going to die that night and he just forgot his breathing machine I've slept without mine before how I many you think you can do without it but listen you don't know if one little airdrop goes to your head man you ought to love on your wife and, and these people that's lost their spouse on the anniversary you ought to make it special hey man you ought not just do it one day you ought to make it all year hallelujah I, think, I tell you what I've got in mind brother I used to always have a birthday month for my wife my boys can tell you and I went back to a birthday week and I uh, said man but if the Lord will help me we're going to go back to the birthday month amen hope all y'all men feel convicted some of you squirming right now thinking about it hey, amen but I'm telling you you ought to be you ought to realize how blessed we are uh, to have a spouse and have children and have, have folks that we can come to church with. Hey man, it's something special when God saved your soul, where he saved you, when he saved you, what God brought you out of. It'll remind you, God, I don't want to make the same mistakes. I want to look to the future. So there's a realization of the future, but there's a recognition of the facts. Every single person in here knows that you're going to have trials this year like you did last year. We just got done with Jubilee, brother, uh, brother Scott, and I got to thinking about it on the way home. We just got done with Jubilee, and I wonder what are we going to do with it now. It's been about a week. Things has got the excitement, the emotion is over, and now it's going to be where the rubber meets the road. How are you going to be different since Jubilee, amen, in 2023 till Jubilee in 2024? I wonder how we're going to leave this service. This is a, every week. We get to come together every single Sunday. We get to come together every Wednesday night. How can we be better for next week? The truth is, I want to be better, but the reality is, the facts are, Brother Scott, we're going to have trials. We don't know what's going to face us tomorrow. 
We don't know what circumstances are going to come up. We don't know who may not be sitting here next week. There may be somebody in this crowd that may not be here next week. It won't take just one incident. There may be people in our family that we got to recognize there's going to be trials. There's going to be temptations. There's going to think things that's going to happen to us. But we got to remember what the book says over in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There have no temptation taken us, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer us to be tempted above that we are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that we may be able to bear it. Now I've heard people use that verse and they'll say things like this, brother Scott, God won't put more on you than you can handle. Well, he's talking about temptations. He's not going to allow more temptations come your way that, that you won't be able to find the exercise to get out of from under the temptation. But he never said, he never said that you wasn't going to have trials that you just about buckle underneath of. But when you can't handle the trial, he'll just, he'll just let you recognize he'll be there to pick up the trial for you. Hey man, so Sometimes he allows it to get almost overwhelming so you realize I can't handle it anyway. Hey man, when you're weak, he's strong. Hey man, there's gonna be trials come. There's gonna be temptations come. There's gonna be testings come. Y'all have heard me say it. I'll just say it one more time. I remember calling Brother John Morgan and uh, he, he was 20 foot up in the tree, had a chainsaw running and the phone in the other hand talking to me. And I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm 20 foot up behind the tree cutting a limb. I said, what in the world did you answer the phone for? He said, ma'am, he said, I've done tested these ropes. I've done tried these ropes, and they can hold me. I've got my feet kicked in, and I'm leaning back, trusting the rope. Hey, you can't, you don't know what you can trust till you first test it. Amen. There's going to be testings come. But can I say, there'll be triumphs come. Amen. Amen. If Christ, if, if, if you allow God to have his way in your life, they will be victory after victory, joy after joy. Hey, man, good thing after good thing. There's going to be trials. That's just the facts. There's going to be troubles. The Bible said when man's born, hey, man, he's full of troubles. His days are going to be full of troubles. But thank God. And the Bible does remind us all that we'll live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Oh, but thank God he's gave us a peace that passeth understanding. There's there's a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. And there's a love that passeth knowledge. Hey man, there's going to be triumph. They might be trials. They might be tragedy. They might be testings. There might be temptations. And we may fall flat on our face. Brother Linder said it this morning. Hey man, he, don't, he ain't never going to forget me preaching on that mayonnaise aisle. Hey, some times you go on the mayonnaise aisle when you don't need no mayonnaise. And it's, if you be honest, it's because you've seen that half-naked girl. Somebody say amen and you just well go ahead and say amen oh that don't bother me then if we go camping don't get in my tent amen I don't want you in my tent say amen and that good looking guy with that sweet talking tongue and uh, man you don't have no idea you don't need no mayonnaise at the house but you see that good looking fella over there you say preacher I wouldn't do that well we'll see what happens if Kevin Costner shows up at Ingalls one day Amen. The trials, the temptations, the testing, the triumph. But thank God. You know how you'll make it, Brother Jared? Thank God for truth. <laughs> Woo! Truth never does change. 
Oh, thank God the truth will always be the same. The truth will always prevail. The truth never, hey, we got something that's more up to date than the local newspaper that'll be distributed tomorrow. It's more recent, it's more current, this blessed word of God. We've got 66 books, 1189 chapters. Woo, we've got everything we need. I say hallelujah. Hey man, the trials will come, the testing will come, temptations, well some of them we're gonna fail. But if we'll trust God and we'll trust Jesus, hey man, there will be triumphs, but it'll be by way of the truth. And thank God for that tabernacle that we can find encouragement in. We can get stirred up and help and you bring your negative. Hook it to somebody's positive and jump your heart off. Amen. Thank God for the blessings that's going to come when you have anniversary. When you hit that year tomorrow. Boy, I'm telling you there's a remembrance of the former. There's repentance of some of the failures. God help us not to make the same mistakes. There's a realization that this ain't it. There's a future. Amen. But there is a recognition of the facts. We know there's some things going to come our way. But let me say this. <laughs> Amen. There's a rededication of the fundamentals that you began with. You know how you began this journey? You began it with love. Remember what that church at Ephesus, what God got onto them for? He said, you've left your first love. Man, he said, that you got your doctrine right. Uh, you reprove the, the wicked doctrine. You've got get, but, the, but I got one thing against you. You've left your first love. You know how we, need, we know what we need to do? We need to make sure we get that, that love stirred back up again. You know what, what I'm talking about? That first love. That kind of love you had when you was trying to convince your wife that you was worth her marrying. You know, you call her about every 30 minutes, stay on the phone for hours and Hey Amen. Some, some of you probably slept with a, with a phone on. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. And uh, you go to bed, say good night, and wait, hear each other snoring in the night, and wake up in the morning and say good morning. Never even hang the phone up. Verizon loved you. Amen. I mean, you spent, you spent money. You send her letters. You send her gift card. You talk to her on the phone. Just think about it like this. Do you still, do you still show that love? Do you still give that kind of love? Do you spend time trying to woo her? Spend time talking to her? I hadn't done it in a while, so I'm preaching to myself. But I, I do it quite often, brother, when I think about it. If I'm going to tip that waiter a $20 bill at Waffle House, I'm going to tip my wife when she makes a good meal. Her cooking's a whole lot better than Waffle House anyway. She ain't mastered how to baptize them waffles with uh, peanut butter chips. But other than that, She's got her down. I mean, I'll, I'll put her tip on there. How long has it been since she just done something special on your anniversary? How long has it been since she done something special for the Lord? Lord, I'll never forget the day you saved me. Lord, if you'll help me on the anniversary week of, of the day I got saved, I'm going to try to witness to double the amount of people. Now, some of you, is going to be double zero. So you ought to say, I'm going to witness to at least one person on the day I got saved. Or tell you what you ought to do. Lord, I'm going to read more of the Bible. I'm going to love on you more than I've ever loved. I'm going to spend time with you. It would do us good every once in a while just to rekindle that love and stir that love up. You say, how, how am I gonna, I'm going to rededicate the fundamentals I began with. What do you mean? Well, let's look over here right quick. Let me show you a Bible verse. God brought it to my mind while I was preaching on that love. Look over here with me, if you will, at 1 Timothy. I love this. I love this text in 1 Timothy. These pastoral epistles, 
Amen. Paul's writing to that little pastor, that young pastor there, Timothy, in the church at Ephesus, this church that left its first love. And he starts, listen to the things he says. Listen to what he says in verse number four. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying. In verse number four, which is in faith, so do 1 Timothy 1, 4. Now look at verse 1 Timothy 1, 5. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Did y'all see that? Of faith unfeigned. Faith, faith is not like that vessel that they made that got a crack in it and they still want to sell it down at the market so they fill it with wax and they get it, it holds water but they get it to the house and the vessel heats up and it shows up the crack. They, they, they faith, unfeigned, it's real faith. It's sincere faith. It's true faith. Here's what he said. He said faith Neither give heed, to, give heed, verse 4, to endless genealogy which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith, so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Watch what happens from which some having swerved have turned aside into vain jangling. When you get away from a pure heart, when you get away from that, that commandment of charity, when you get away from a good conscience, when you get away from faith that is pure, that's sincere, that's real, and you start trying to fake it till you make it, here's what will happen. You might end up with that crowd that have swerved, that have turned aside unto vain jangling. Then they'll desire, those folks desire to hear teachers of the law, understand neither what they say nor where they affirm. They desire to be teachers when they need to sit down and listen again. Oh, God help us. I want to be true. I, don't want, I want to be unfeigned. I want to have pure heart. I want to have a clear conscience. And if, and if we're going to get, we're going to keep on keeping on for the glory of God for another year. We're going to keep on in this church. We're going to keep on in our marriage. We're going to keep loving our families. We're going to keep reliving those anniversaries. Keep commemorating those anniversary feasts of the Bible. We've got to remember what they meant. We've got to remember what God did for us. We've got to remember where God brought us from. We've got to remember the mistakes we made. We've got to remember there's a future and we can't make the same mistakes. There's people looking at us and we've got to set a great example and we've got to remember, oh, the reality is trials and troubles and tribulation are going to come. But if we'll rededicate that love and we'll rededicate that pure heart and we rededicate our devotion and we rededicate our fidelity and our faithfulness and our service then we'll keep marching on for another year and we'll celebrate another anniversary and there'll be another anniversary with our marriage and there'll be another anniversary with your children and the relationship and there'll be another anniversary at the house of God. Thank God hallelujah for anniversaries in the Bible. So I want to ask you this question while we stand. Miss Bethany's coming. Simple thought tonight. How's your dedication? How's your loyalty? How's your love? How's your devotion? How's your faithfulness? How's your trueness? Do you have faith in things? Do you secretly shake somebody's hand and have an alt against them? Do you secretly do you hug somebody's neck and think 